Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this episode of Autism Goes to College, the podcast for students on the spectrum and everyone who supports us. Navigating college is always a challenge, so here are the hacks, insights, and great ideas you've been looking for to make college work for you. We're a group of self-advocates, we all graduated, or we're almost there, and you can do this too. Hello! Thanks for listening to our podcast, Autism Goes to College. I'm Perry Abrams, and I am just about to head back to Hamilton College for my sophomore year. I learned a lot at college as a freshman, not all of it in the classroom, of course, and I'm here to talk about my experiences navigating college as a student on the spectrum. This podcast is here for us to share and open up the conversation and include more insights from self-advocates on the spectrum. So thanks for listening. We hope to hear from you. I'm here with Eric Lindhorst, the director of the film Autism Goes to College. Thanks, Perry. By the way, Perry chose a college that's totally across the country from where she grew up in Los Angeles. Hamilton is a small liberal arts college in New York State, and we'll talk all about how it went, tips for freshmen, and what Perry is looking forward to now that she has a year under her belt. We spoke to her first last season about the halfway point in her freshman year, and Perry shared her strategies for studying, her social insights, and what she was loving about the classes she chose. Remind me, what did you take second semester? Okay, so I took a poetry and poetics class where we were looking at poetry from a more scientific, analytic perspective. I took computer science, which I'm taking again next semester. I took a theater class, and I took Spanish literature. Wow, okay, quite a load. Before we jump into the conversation, a little about this podcast and our project. Autism Goes to College began as a documentary film following five college students on the spectrum as they navigate college life. I directed the film, and the film premiered at the Newport Beach Film Festival in 2019. We were also selected to screen at South by Southwest EDU, which, of course, happened online. At the end of this episode, I'll give some details on where you can see the film today, and it's all at our website, autismgoestocollege.org. So with the screenings limited since the pandemic began, we wanted to open up the conversation and created this podcast, which launched during Autism Awareness Month in April last year. The first five episodes featured the stars of the film, talking more in-depth about their college experiences and talking about what they're up to. And since then, we've talked to someone who transferred after starting his freshman year at the University of Oregon last fall and a senior who graduated from the University of Missouri at St. Louis this spring, plus a college counselor, a parent perspective, and insights from a certificate student at the University of Nevada at Reno. All college students on the spectrum all over the map sharing all kinds of experiences. Every month, we drop a new episode. What's also new is a resource center on our website with dozens of outtakes of important stuff from the film and stuff that didn't make it into the film, all the podcast episodes, and blogs from experts and our student advisors from the film. Fun fact, this project was recognized as the best of the internet in 2022 by the Webby Awards Anthem Awards, winning gold for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we keep making it better, so reach out if you'd like to get involved. And in this episode, Perry is back to talk about her learnings freshman year and what she's feeling as she prepares to return to Hamilton next week as a sophomore. Thanks for being here again, Perry. 
You're welcome. You're very welcome. So let's quickly hear how your freshman year wound up. How, how were the classes? Um, the classes were incredible. I loved all of the different subjects. I was diving into them. I didn't realize that I was going to be so into computer science, but I found out that I really like it. I like solving puzzles. I like figuring out the steps to take in order to um, solve a problem. Uh, my poetry class was really hard, but it forced me to look at writing in a different way, which was good because I want to be a creative writing major. But the main takeaway from the second semester specifically is that you can't expect to have a perfect year just because the first semester went really well. Tell me more about that. So first semester, I was kind of rocking it. I made dean's list. I was doing well in all of my classes. I was joining extracurriculars. I was kind of like on this high. And because I was on this high, I thought I could go at it alone. I wasn't reaching out to support services. I wasn't reaching out to my parents. I wasn't reaching out to the people that were specifically there to help me as a student with autism. Because, you know, when you're doing really well, it doesn't cross your mind that maybe later you won't. So after winter break, when spring semester started and classes started getting harder, I started getting more anxious and kind of a lot less sure of myself or sure of how I would be able to operate in college. I began to sleep in. I missed some classes. I got worse grades than I did the first year. I mean, I got B's, so it wasn't like I failed, but I know I could have done better. And it was because of the anxiety and depression because of the whole overestimating myself and thinking I could go at it alone in a very new environment with very new things. And I really think I'm going to learn from that kind of arrogance um, this next coming year. And what do you think you learned from that experience? Always, always, always ask for help. This is crucial. If you have autism, if you don't have autism, there are people at your college that are there to help you. And the thing that kept that second semester from being a complete failure was the fact that towards the end I began to go into contact with student support services. I was meeting pretty regularly with my teachers and with the um, dean of academics and we charted a path to get my grades up to um, where I felt kind of satisfied with them. There's of course your parents if those are people you want to reach out to. There's therapists. There's all sorts of people and I know it might be hard to go out there and ask for help. You might be nervous. You might be embarrassed. But it's going to help you so much. And it sounds like you're saying even if you don't need the support services, go ahead and make those connections uh, in case you need them later on. Absolutely. You know, you, you shouldn't wait until the storm comes to buy a raincoat. You should have it during the study days in order to have it when the rain comes. And did you find, had you made peer connections that were helpful for you when you started to have a rough patch? No, I didn't. And I really regret that as well. I kind of retreated from the social activities I was doing in the first semester when I was having that mental time in the second semester. And I kind of regret that too. I made a list of clubs I want to join next semester, so I don't have that problem. I was like, I made some friends and then I kept falling like behind with them. I wasn't like reaching out because I was scared and kind of beating myself up for the problems I was having the second semester. But you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like, you don't want to go out and meet people because it's hard. But when you do, you feel better. 
but you don't want to do it because you don't feel good. But in order to get better, you need to do things that are hard. And have you found other students on the spectrum or are you interested in seeing how others are doing who might also be on the spectrum? I know that there's um, a disability network that I'm interested in joining next semester. I went to a couple meetings, but I want to get more involved um, next year. And, and what was most helpful for you when you hit the rough patch? Was it DSS or what helped? DSS helped. Um, what really helped was honestly my parents being able to talk to them and having them knock some sense into me. Having the people like the academic advisor and my rabbi from Hillel to talk to also really helped. Um, my teachers were pretty understanding, more than I think they should have been, but it was very nice to have people to go to and talk about my problems and talk about solutions. Well, before we launch any further into your reflections about what's coming up, can you tell our listeners a little bit specifically about your diagnosis, what age you were, what your parents were told, etc.? So I was diagnosed with autism when I was two, but I didn't know I had autism until I was like eight or nine. I didn't know. I was just a kid and I didn't like being with other people. And I thought that was just the way I was. And I didn't know there was a word for it. I was always kind of detached from the world. I was in my own head. I was like really hyper-focused on a toy or something. But if someone was calling my name, I wouldn't be able to turn to them and look at them and notice that there were other things besides me and the things I was interested in. And that kind of carried on to the rest of my life in preschool and stuff. I was that kid reading a book in the corner while everyone else was playing. Sounds were too much. I wouldn't eat mushy food, even though you'd think that being a toddler, I would eat mushy food. But no, it was all the crunchy stuff. I couldn't get enough of that. Um, I hated bright lights, especially on reflective floors. I hated heights because my eyes were playing tricks on me and I thought I'd fall down. Um, I used to be afraid of the Walmart floor and there's a video of that, which looking back is kind of embarrassing because like it's a floor, what can it do to you? And throughout elementary school, I had like an aide with me um, until third grade and who kind of pushed me to socialize with other people. The same with preschool. And then in middle school and high school, I had the spectrum program at high school, which was the um, one-on-one support. I'm still a very picky eater, and I am still very sensitive to noise. Well, it's a two-way street. I'm either very sensitive to noise, or I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I can't hear my mom calling my name in the next room. Um, I don't have that problem with heights or like reflections on the floor as much as I used to. Fortunately, that's gone away. I used to be unable to ride on escalators. I can do that now. I'm able to mostly be appropriate with myself and not have large reactions to things because I know what to do now. And I'm able to make small talk and have conversations and stuff like that. Although it it does take a lot of energy out of me to have social interactions with people that I don't already know very well. I also have ADHD, anxiety, and depression. So sometimes that can all swirl into a cocktail that really slows me down. And did you have an IEP when you were in uh, in school? Yes, I did. And was that helpful? Did you have specific uh, accommodations that helped you get through high school? Yes, very good accommodations. We had this spectrum program where I was partnered up with a teacher and they were kind of like my mentor throughout the whole thing. It was very nice to go to them and talk about homework or just life and get to know them and have that one person to build up a connection with. And that's kind of what I'm missing at college and what I need to work on. 
Okay. And so listeners who want to catch up on your high school experience, your college choice and freshman first semester can check out episode 12 and hear our first conversation with you. But now I want to fast forward a bit and hear about how you're feeling as you look ahead to this fall. One thing I specifically want to touch on uh, based on this rough patch you had last year is how did that subside or did it subside while you were at school or did the school year just end and you came home? What happened was during spring break, I believe, after the rough patch, I confided in my parents about everything and we came up with a plan to turn the year back around. I still had some rough patches after returning from spring break, but generally it went better from there. Ironically, having COVID because I got COVID in April actually was helpful because I was stuck in a room and I could only think about my academics. So it really put into perspective changes I needed to do for my work ethic. And I got to speak with many of my teachers while I was in quarantine. And it really set me on the right path to, you know, not excelling like I did the first semester, but, you know, being okay. Well, it almost sounds like coming home for spring break, like you had a little bit of a reboot, an opportunity to kind of like touch base back at home and then kind of restart. Is that how you experienced it? Yes, it was definitely good to have that kind of reboot, refresh, restart. And I'm kind of proud of myself um, to have the courage to speak up with my parents about that. Because a couple years ago, I might not have been able to tell them that I was not going to some classes or that I was sleeping in or that I was feeling the way that I was. But you know, it's really important to tell people and be vulnerable about those things because they can help you. And how did they react? Um, I mean, they were disappointed, but they, most of all, above everything else, they really wanted me to be okay and to succeed again because they knew I could. Did you get the sense that they knew something was up or were they completely in the dark about the fact that you were struggling? They knew I was struggling. They didn't know how much. I think they could sense from the few times I was calling them that I was pretty anxious. We did Zoom calls every Sunday and... I think they got that vibe from me, even though I was kind of trying to hide it, which is a bad idea. You should not do that. Do not hide how you feel from your parents. They know. They know you. They are psychic. But you did you did try to hide it. Why was that? Was that you were afraid they would be disappointed or what was going on? Because they were so proud of me the first semester and how well I was doing. I wanted them to keep being happy because it made me feel happy that they were proud of me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that, that COVID gave you the opportunity to kind of pause and, and recollect yourself. Uh, that's, that's kind of an interesting perspective on that. So let's fast forward a bit and hear about how you're feeling um, looking ahead to this fall. What, what are you most looking forward to? So what I'm most looking forward to is taking all the lessons that I've learned, both from the successful parts and the not so successful parts, and um, putting them into next year. I have a student support system um, lined up. I'm going to meet with them next week. Um, I have four classes that I'm really excited about, including more computer science and an art history class. I have um, an econ class and creative writing, which is the big one, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to join more clubs. I'm going to make more friends. And I have a really nice dorm, which has air conditioning which is pretty rare. It has air conditioning and it has an elevator. So when we move in, we won't have to schlep up the stairs. Well, let's talk about your student support system. What exactly do you have set up? How does that work? 
it's like um peer counseling um you just check in with them every week and talk about your academic things and how it's going and they give you some tips and it's like what i had in the spectrum program but with students and maybe on zoom i'm not exactly sure of what it is yet but we're going to meet about it next week and the interactions i've had with these people have been really nice so i'm happy to get to work with them and you'll have you'll be assigned one person that's kind of like your counselor that you'll meet with weekly yeah that's the big thing is i'm going to have the one person and I remember last time we talked, you had this whiteboard strategy that you used. Um, can you recap that? And, and how did that work out for you? So the whiteboard strategy was that every single Sunday, I would fill out a whiteboard with all of the things that were on my schedule. And I would send it to my parents, and they would keep me accountable for what I was doing. So most of the time that worked, I mean, sometimes I didn't do the things that were on the whiteboard, especially during the second semester. But I want to keep forward with that strategy. We're coming up with a new strategy, which is that I send them a message every morning saying I'm going to the places where I should go. We're thinking of systems to make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And any further thoughts on a major? It sounds like you're finding things that you're interested in that you maybe didn't anticipate and you've been exploring some different subjects. Any, any more developments on that front? Well, creative writing seems to be the path that I'm taking. I've been doing this internship over the summer at a YouTube channel called The Take where I fact check their scripts and I come up with ideas for titles and I edit their scripts grammatically and stuff. And it's been super fun. I've loved working with the people there. I got the internship on my own. That was the big positive thing to come out of the second semester is that I secured that internship. I feel really good about that. And I feel really good about the skills that I'm learning about writing and about learning how to write for other people when they have certain expectations of you. And I want to carry that forward and maybe become a creative writer or some other kind of writer, copywriter. I don't know, but I'm excited to see where this takes me. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Perry, so you had this amazing first semester. You were feeling really charged up, and then you had this rough patch in the second semester. Do you have any insights into what was making you anxious or sort of what began the, the slide downward? What began this slide downward was the idea of having to fulfill the expectations that were set in the first semester because little things started to go wrong and those things I became fixated on and that caused me to behave in ways that were not conducive to success, which caused more things to go wrong, which caused me to go into an anxiety spiral and all of that compounded with my ADHD and my depression and stuff just turned into the rough patch that you've heard about. And when you say things started to go wrong, like you got a bad grade on a quiz or what kinds of things? Like I miss a meeting or I get a C on this essay in English or I go to a social event and I don't like it or I don't know, just minor things. And I don't know, because I guess I just had this expectation of college that it would be this huge revelation and I would have the time of my life and, you know, it would be perfect and it wasn't perfect. And I guess that kind of got to me, even though logically I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. It's, it sounds like you a little bit were a victim of your own early success. It's like first semester couldn't have gone better, but that kind of set your expectations maybe unrealistically high. Absolutely. And that's going to be the big takeaway is that this semester, 
I'm going to not expect myself to be perfect at everything, and I'm not going to expect everything to be perfect, and I'm going to learn how to take that um, and learn from it and become better and more realistic. Right. It's not all, it's not a movie, right? It's not all high points. It's, it's high points and low points and everything in between, just like everything else in life. Of course. Any advice to freshmen who are ready to set off on their college journey? Anything you wish you would, you had known? Set up a network of people. That is the most important thing that you can do. Don't expect it to be like high school at all. Just because you've done well in high school doesn't mean you'll do well in college. And just because you do well sometimes in college doesn't mean you'll always do well in college. And if you don't, then you can reach out to that network to make sure you get back on the right path. Keep in contact with your parents. They are very important um, if that's something that is important to you. Have fun. Go out of your comfort zone. Go to different social events. I wish I went to more. There's so many awesome things at Hamilton that I didn't go to because I felt like I couldn't or I was too anxious. And I kind of regret that because they sounded awesome. And I know that on my wish list for the next semester, I'm going to go to these movie nights or the concerts or the Star Wars day or, you know, the things that they have in order to bring the community together because... You feel happier when you're with other people and when you can experience the college thing, not just as a school, but as a community, as an experience. And so and so you're going to be in the dorms again, but it's a different dorm. Is that? It's a different dorm. It's in a completely different building. And are you going to have a roommate? No, I got a single. Um, it's on a quiet dorm. It's on the third floor, and it's a bit farther from where the classes are, but that's okay. And last time you told us uh, one of your pieces of advice was something about not smuggling the uh, chocolate milk out of the cafeteria. Any any updates on that? Uh... It just so happens that my dorm is across from a cafe, which I got a job at um, the second semester. And that cafe happens to be stocked with chocolate milk almost 24-7. So I don't have to steal it. I just have to go there and um, have some chocolate milk. Although I also suggest that you keep your health in check because health can have an effect on your mood. So maybe don't have four chocolate milks a day. I think that's great advice. I mean, maybe keep it under four, you know? Keep it under four, yeah. I think that's a good metric of how much chocolate milk is too much chocolate milk. I love it. I think that is that is sage advice. Let me ask you this. Can you pinpoint... Any one person that you sort of made friends with in freshman year that you're looking forward to seeing when you get back? Um, There was this guy named Matt who was there during the orientation trip. He was gone during the first semester. He came back with the second semester. And at the beginning of the second semester, before the slump set in, I was kind of reconnecting with him. So I want to re-reconnect with him once the second semester hits. He was um, in my computer science class, so hopefully he'll be in the next stage of the computer science class and we can um, talk together. And there was also a coworker I had named Max. He was really nice. We were also in computer science together, and he helped me a lot on the projects and stuff. Perry, thanks so much for being on our show to update us on your college journey. Thank you so much. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening, following us on Instagram and Facebook, and thank you especially for adding your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Our show is very specifically for students on the spectrum navigating college, and we really appreciate the appreciation for Autism Goes to College. And now, as promised, here are the ways to see the film. The documentary film Autism Goes to College is currently available through many channels, but the easiest way to see it today is to rent it on Vimeo On Demand, 
which you can access from your Apple TV or most smart TVs by going to the Vimeo On Demand app. You can find a link on our website at www.autismgoestocollege.org. The film is also available for educational use and for live and hybrid screening events. All the relevant info and links can also be found on our website. And don't forget, our brand new online resource center is live. It is chocked full of resources, student stories, blogs, and more. You can find it all at autismgoestocollege.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to Autism Goes to College. We'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to hear more about. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Autism Goes to College. Hit us up with your thoughts, tell us what's going on on your campus and in your college life. To see the documentary film or set up a screening, check out our website at autismgoestocollege.org.